Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's Pharrell on the bench, coast to coast, in the biggest way possible, hanging out. The bad seed, the broken, the bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad attitudes, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad breath, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrell Appalachia right across the river and through the woods from where Granny loves her sour diesel with a glass of Pinot in New York City. The Big Apple, ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do better. All my friends that come around, flights to flights, a party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, with a mess, it's tons of tatter, my brain splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it, ooh. Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Carver High, Mafia, LTN, running it from Kansas City, Mo, with their KC Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes, thinking they're better than the Steelers. <laughs> Anyway, uh, here's the birthday roll call. It's horrible today. I'm not uh, impressed, Carver High, at all. I'll give you a Bucky LASIK, the skateboarder at 48, Hal Steinbrenner at 51. I'm older than him. That's a bad sign. Who? Igor Larianoff at 60. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. All right, we got a lot going on. Gonzaga beat West Virginia last night, but they didn't cover. It was a great game, I thought. Bobby Huggins, Mountaineers gave them all they could handle. I think the Zags are the best team in the country. Then later in the night, I watch this Baylor team, I think, look even better than Gonzaga with what they did to Illinois. We'll talk about it, but Mark Few's talking about the scheduling of college basketball today on Coast to Coast. We'll hear from Scott Drew, the Baylor coach, of his reaction to how the Bears played in the second half against the Illini. Did you hear Bill Walton speaking like a dog in the uh, Maui Invitational? He was actually barking like a dog doing the broadcast. I'm telling you, you got to do mushrooms with this guy or something. Smoke, drink, go to Hawaii with him, go vacationing, camping, anything. You'd laugh your onions off. We got all of tonight's games in college basketball, college football, everything. We got UConn, USC, BC in Florida, Cal, Arizona State, and Iowa, Western Illinois tonight. Plus, how about that uh, BYU-Coastal Carolina game? It's going to be instead because Liberty has COVID issues. So I love the fact that Coastal is going to take on BYU. We'll see what they're made of. 
We already know what BYU is capable of. Coastal's having a great year. They're going to try to prove themselves against the heavy in their world anyway. Uh, two games tonight, North Texas and Louisiana Tech Air Force and Utah State. I know Carver High is really excited about that Air Force game. Ryan Day says Ohio State's going to be shorthanded for their game in East Lansing against Sparty on Saturday. We got the big games coming up this weekend. All of it for you updated on Coast to Coast Plus. UCF quarterback uh, Mackenzie Milton. You remember this guy uh, had the massive leg injury, blew out his knee horribly. Uh, and then he's come all the way back, but he never plays. He's going to transfer. He wants to play football. No fans this year at the Rose Bowl. Drag. I have been to the Rose Bowl multiple times. It's really cool. There is nothing better than that place on the day of the Rose Bowl. It is just exotic. The Las Vegas Bowl is canceled. I know it's exciting they were going to play in the new stadium, but uh, has anyone ever cared about the Las Vegas Bowl? No, I've had more fun at a toilet bowl in Las Vegas, though, than watching that game. Actually, it wasn't fun at all. It really wasn't. Anyway, the Rockets trade Russell Westbrook to the Wizards for John Wall and a first-rounder. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Check out Sports Grid Radio overnights for our own event, Sports Rage, Bagels, Bad Beats. Get on our YouTube page. You can watch the shows. Just search Sports Grid Radio. Get our app. It's Gandhi. We're on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California. And starting January 7th, we'll be on Sirius XM Channel 204. Anthony Davis finalized the five-year 190 mil max deal you heard Cam talking about on the update with the Lakers. Steph Curry back for real this time. We're going to hear from him today on Coast to Coast. Zion ready to explode in year two. Chris Paul said he didn't go to the Suns. To be a teacher, he wants the ball out. We'll hear from him. Leangelo Ball signs one year deal with the Pistons. You think he'll stick in the NBA? 48 players tested positive for COVID in the first round of testing by the NBA. Around 9% came up positive. We'll talk to KW Kevin Walsh from the early line and in-game live on the show today. We'll talk NBA rack with him. We'll talk college rack with him. We'll talk about Rick Patino at Iona. I know he's a real... Huge Gale fan. He went there. Batman says the league, the NHL start date, a work in progress. Carver High's been right about this from the jump. Four teams want to play all their games outdoors in order to have fans. The Bruins, Penguins, Kings, and Ducks want to play outdoors. Can someone explain to me how the uh, Kings and Ducks would play outdoors in 70-degree weather? Can you explain how that would work? Uh, I hope someone can refresh me on that. I don't know how you do that. I got no problem playing outdoors in freezing eastern cities and northern cities. Uh, I have a problem when it's 75 degrees outside and there's chicks walking by in bikinis. It's going to distract me from watching the third period. We'll talk UFC fight night with Mafia. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Spence Garcia. Plus your boy George Foreman is flipping out today on Coast to Coast. He's lost his mind. We'll get into everything, boxing and UFC with your boy, Mavi Adam Kaplan joins us, our NFL insider today. We'll break down all the NFL games Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Josh Gordon reinstated for the 90th time by the NFL today after his massive love affair with smoking K-Funk Swiss cheese. Like Granny. <laughs> she likes it too, that sour diesel. Uh, the Steelers escaped shorthanded and beat the Ravens. But Bud Dupree tears his ACL. He's done. We got baseball news as well for you today on Coast to Coast.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, for all back on Coast to Coast, Carver High, why don't we start with college rack today on C2C? Yes, uh, a couple of good ones last night, Scotty, of course, at the Jimmy V Classic in the first game. You had Gonzaga, weren't sharp at all. Uh, they did end up winning. They did not cover, of course, against West Virginia. Uh, 87-82 was the final. Let's hear Scotty from Gonzaga coach Mark Few. He said he kind of enjoys uh, scheduling these games on the fly during this uh, COVID season that's currently going on. Here's Few. You know, look, you can do one of two things. You know, I heard a lot of guys complaining about it earlier right. in the year about, oh, scheduling, you know, it's just such a bear and it's impossible. And I kind of looked at it. I mean, I've been doing it for 20-odd years, and it was a pain in the rear, but this has been kind of fun. Huggy and I put that game together in 10 minutes, SVP. (laughs) He texted me, and I said, yeah, sure, let's go. Look, I I think they're a really good team. I didn't think they looked sharp last night. Suggs went down. I couldn't believe he came back. He looked like he tore his Achilles. Uh, they were guessing on all kinds of injuries that he was having. Then he comes back in the second half. He played. I didn't think he was really effective. I was surprised he was getting some offensive rips and creating buckets. He wasn't scoring, uh, but they got the job done. The thing that I was more impressed with Carver High was West Virginia. Huggins' team uh, was very physical in you know between the elbows and in the block. I thought in the paint they dominated the game on the boards. Uh, I thought they gave Gonzaga fits. And, you know, we've seen Gonzaga play. I've talked about this on the show. They're a team that puts up 100. So when they uh, score 87, whatever it was, they just weren't as sharp. And that was because of West Virginia. West Virginia's got a lot of experience. they got some really tough, big players uh, that are monsters. And they're going to be a very dangerous team. I have heard, and I said this on For All on a Bench last night, a lot of people think that they're a – possible final four team uh what huggins finally has in morgantown this year uh, i thought they really were the story last night the way they played they kind of let the game slip through their fingers in the last six minutes or so but i was impressed with more with west virginia than i was gonzaga we expect gonzaga to be great every night if they weren't great last night no and we'll see if suggs is going to be okay of course they have a showdown coming up on saturday scotty with the other team that won last night, and that was number two, Baylor. They beat Illinois. 
Huge effort from them in the second half. Of course, Gonzaga and Baylor's coming up on Saturday. Wow. 82 to 82 to 69. Baylor beats the fight in the line. Let's hear from head coach Scott Drew. He says that they really got things going in the second half. Here he is. Well, great teams are always player-led, and our guys uh, know what it's like to play right. And uh, uh, they knew when we only had four assists and um, we're shooting 36%. Um, they knew that that wasn't us. So uh, credit them for uh, recognizing that uh, uh, we can do better in second half. I think uh, uh, we just settled down. And, I mean, uh, this is our first game on, on national TV, and um, the Jimmy V is such a big deal. Uh, I mean, it's a great event. Um, two top five teams. I, I know both teams were really excited in the beginning of the game, and it showed. Have fun playing that team this year, and in the NCAA tournament, if they have one, they are really impressive, very deep. They had four guys in double figures. They ended up shooting 45% from the floor. I thought Illinois would give them more than they did. Uh, I think the Illini have a really good team. Cokeburn in the middle is a monster very physical. They contained him. He didn't do anything. I think he was three or four from the floor. You got to get the big fella more touches, but I think Baylor did a great job of denying him the rock. That is a very good basketball team. I got to tell you, the fact that Mark Few uh, will take on anyone, anywhere, any day is so true. How in God's name do you play West Virginia on a, you know, Wednesday night, and then on Saturday, you play Baylor. I mean, the stones on this guy up in Spokane. You got to be kidding me. That's why Gonzaga is so great in college basketball because all they do is play the best. And he played Kansas a week ago, Scotty, right? Didn't uh, he play Kansas? What was it on Thursday? Well, Thursday right. night last week, I think it was. So he's always playing big teams. Uh, good job by few and Gonzaga. I can't wait for that one on Saturday. That's going to be a fun one. Texas beat North Carolina in the Maui Classic. The real story, Scotty, of course, was uh, Bill Walton on TV. Uh, he was speaking like a dog. He was talking about uh, the mountain rides. I mean, you had three days of uh, Bill Walton just going off on ESPN. Believe it or not, Scotty, I actually saw a few people who by the third day yesterday, they actually had had enough of it. Believe it or not, there was a few uh, saps who thought that it was too much and that he was taking away from the game and that they weren't focusing on the game. That's how out of control and crazy Walton was the last three days during the Maui invitation. What a revelation. He was taking away from the game. When has that guy not distracted from the game with his uh, analysis of the world? Uh, he does the exact same thing year in and year out, every game, the entire season. So uh, all the curmudgeons that didn't like it can go have a sandwich. Uh, is there anything better than listening to that guy speaking dog and also talk about smoking fat doobies and riding a bike down Haleakala stoned off of his face. That is awesome. I don't care what anyone thinks. Uh, I mean, you can never win in this world. You can't win. You, you like this, you hate that. You love this, yeah. you hate that. You love this, you hate that. Screw you. You don't like Walton, change the channel. <laughs> Go get on the treadmill, you fat ass. It's always some fat slob giving me advice about who the broadcaster should be as he's sitting on his fat ass eating a bag of Doritos and having another Coke. Hit that gym, you fat ass. Stop worrying about Walton. We do have a few games tonight, Scotty. There's always a big college slate. We try to find you a couple of games that have some of the heavier uh, teams involved. Let's take a look. USC and UConn tonight, minus a point and a half 
for the Huskies, who are now back in the Big East, which is a good thing. You've got Florida against BC tonight, Arizona State and Cal in the Pac-12. And I put this one here, of course, because everybody loves Iowa with the kid Garza. They're laying a cool 31 and a half against Western Illinois tonight, Scotty. Yeah, like I saw, uh, you know, that that line is gigantic. I got it at 36. So everyone pounced on it at 36 and went all the way down to 31. I'm going to roll with the 36. Iowa wins, doesn't cover, watch the win by uh, 38. Uh, but Garza's incredible. And as far as the other ones, I like USC. I, I think they're a good team. They've already paid off for me this year. And uh, I think a middle that Florida BC game, I think BC can cover the number. In fact, I got it uh, when it was, I think it was higher uh, when I got that BC. It was seven and a half. Everyone jumped on that. It went down to five and a half. I like BC to cover the number at seven and a half. Five and a half is a little bit uh, sketchy. Arizona State, Cal, same thing here. I had Cal at seven and a half when it opened up. It also dropped down to five and a half because people pounced on it. I like Arizona to win barely. I think that'll be a really good game. And uh, like I said, I'll, I'll middle the Iowa-Western Illinois game. But Western Illinois is probably going to get their uh, ass kicked. We'll see if they can cover that fat in the We move to college football now, Scotty. And uh, a game that gets scheduled uh, three days in advance. I love it. Uh, Coastal Carolina was supposed to play Liberty on Saturday, which would have been a pretty decent game. Uh, Liberty has to cancel because they have a ton of COVID problems. BYU steps in. They will head east. Uh, to Carolina to take on the Chanticleers. Uh, and the, ga- the college game day is going to be there. It's like a 5.30 start. That's a fun game for two, you know, outside the Power Five, top 25 teams, Scotty. Nice job by both of them putting that together so quickly. Listen, I, I love the fact, as I said in the open, that uh, Coastal's not afraid of anybody. They think they're legit and that they can dance with whoever comes to town. I love that uh, BYU has jumped in here and they're going to play them. Liberty and, and Coastal Carolina, frankly, in my opinion, would have been a better game. But I, I think BYU will still be able to beat Coastal. And I am going to have the uh, lines for you for that when we come back. There is, of course, the opening line for BYU and Coastal. Also, we have two games tonight quickly. North Texas and Louisiana Tech, Air Force and Utah State. A light schedule on a Thursday night, Scotty, minus a half for North Texas and minus 13 and a half now for Air Force. When that opened up, it was three and a half. And I took North Texas at that number and jumped on it early. And then I'm on Air Force and I'm laying it. Uh, but originally I laid uh, 10 and a half. It moved all the way to 13 and a half. I don't like it at 13 and a half, uh, but I do like it at 10 and a hook. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking? and want to know how to make it your career. Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. 
So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So, Carver High, I think that uh, BYU-Coastal game, both 9-0, and it's suddenly becoming the featured attraction on Saturday in college football, and BYU's laying 10 in that game. What do you think happens there? Do you think uh, Coastal can handle that wood? I got to tell you, every time that I bet against Coastal this year, thinking, like, it's over for them, like, now, listen, they haven't played anybody of the caliber of BYU, but every time I've bet against Coastal this year, they really shove it back in my face. I don't know. I, this is a very interesting game. I feel like BYU could absolutely rock them, but maybe they're going to hang around at home. I might I might take the points with Coastal Carolina on Saturday. You saw the line there. It's gone up. This was earlier. It was nine and a half. Now, Scotty just said it's gone up to 10, 61 and a half total. Their D is good, Scotty. Like, they can play defense. And you know Zach Wilson and that BYU offense are explosive. This is going to be a really good test for them. I'm I'm excited for this game. I think it's like the best game on the card on Saturday now. I'm pumped. (laughs) I think it is. And uh, you have to think BYU uh, is bigger, uh, frankly, better athletes. Uh, You know, they play, I I think, at just another level up than Coastal Carolina. But Coastal's had a great season, and they've meant business against everybody they played. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think that number might be too high. Yeah, I think it is too. I might try to jump on it before it gets back under 10. If it's sitting around 10 right now, I might swoop in and get it. We do have other games, and the reason why I like this game so much is we've been looking at this all week. Like the other games this week, the spreads are enormous. You have so many heavies laying a lot of wood. Uh, whether it be Alabama, which I believe is now up to 29 and a half. Uh, you have the Ohio State-Michigan game, and I'll give you which is up to 23 and a half. Ryan Day, Scott, he says that Ohio State will be shorthanded this week against Michigan State. Of course, he won't be on the sideline. Uh, sounds like a lot of players are going to be out for the Buckeyes as well. Florida still 17 and a half. Texas A&M. I, I kind of like Auburn this week, Scotty. They haven't impressed me a lot this year. But I feel like this could be a good spot for Auburn to jump up and beat Texas A&M. Well, I'd like him to win. Uh, I think A&M will win. Auburn will cover. I think Ohio State will still beat Michigan State uh, by 24 or more. I really do. And then Florida, Tennessee, same thing here. I'm all over Florida. I think Tennessee's awful. And, again, Alabama, uh, that's where the money is because – uh, LSU, I don't know why people keep uh, thinking that they matter. They mattered last year when they won the national championship. I think right. they've been uh, fair to Midland at best this year. Alabama should rock them. Uh, and yeah. so, you know, like they've rocked everybody else. And then I think Notre Dame, uh, it, you know, they've handled their business. That's a gigantic number, though, against Syracuse. A, if Syracuse scores number. at all in that game, they might cover. <laughs> I think I'll middle that one. I like Clemson all over Virginia Tech. Uh, and then uh, I think Baylor's going to cover the number against Oklahoma. Oklahoma will win, though. They'll win their seventh game, and I'll probably do that BYU win and and Coastal uh, cover uh, on a middle on that. 
A couple other notes. UCF quarterback Mackenzie Milton. Remember the really bad injury he sustained two years ago, Scotty. He's now entering the transfer portal. He wants a chance to play next year. He thinks that he can still play, wants to be a starter. So we'll see if Milton gets a shot at another school. Uh, it's dicey. This is the same thing we talk about with Alex Smith uh, with Washington. You had such a bad injury that you, you, you know, you're fearful of the guy getting back on the field. But it sounds like Milton wants to do it. He's ready to go. The doctors have cleared him. I think he'll get a shot. I don't know if it's going to be a huge school, but I think he's going to get a shot to play next year, Scotty. He's been running the practice squad the whole season. The guy's fine. He's back. They just don't play him. Uh, The funny thing is – the kid they got in there now is a really good quarterback, but I don't think yeah, he's yeah. anywhere as good as, as Milton was. Milton was awesome, uh, and I thought Central Florida was even better when he was the quarterback. So uh, I hope he goes somewhere and, frankly, uh, plays fantastic because uh, I think it would be a great story. It's okay Alex Smith did it when they were going to cut his leg off, but this kid yeah. can't blow his knee out and then come back. I think he's going to do well somewhere. No fans at the Rose Bowl this year. The Rose Bowl is actually one of the college football playoff semifinals on January 1st. There will be no fans in Pasadena, Scotty, uh, for that game. And the Las Vegas Bowl sadly canceled. I know the game usually doesn't matter. It's two uh, useless teams. But no Las Vegas Bowl at the new Allegiant Stadium (laughs) this year. So let me tell you a story. The the first time uh, I ever drank a beer at a college football game in the game – you know, not out in the tailgate, but actually bought a beer at the game and sat in the stands drinking beer was at the Rose Bowl. And I got to <laughs> tell you, I sat one row. You know the story. I sat one row in front of Keith Jackson calling the Rose Bowl and Ron Dane oh, in Wisconsin. Nelly. And I sat there for three and a half hours listening to Keith Jackson do the play-by-play. One row behind me was Keith Jackson's mouth, and I was sitting there drinking beer. I thought I had died and gone to heaven. (laughs) Keith, the absolute best. I love Keith Jackson. Whenever he would call those big games, you knew it had the big game feel. A couple of – let's get to the NBA. Big trade last night, Scotty. I'm assuming while you were on the air. It was actually a little bit before you did it uh, on the bench, but you had this to talk about last night. John Wall and a first-round pick to Houston – for Russell Westbrook, he comes over to the Wizards. Monster trade. Sounds like Harden like got to basically pick. I saw that story today. Like the Rockets like went to Harden and was like, "Do you want to play with Westbrook or do you want to play with Wall?" And he's like, "Yeah, get this guy out of here. I want to play with Wall." So this should be very interesting down in Houston. I told you all along. I don't believe for one minute that uh, Harden liked playing with Westbrook as an older player. You know, when they were young, I don't think he cared. Uh, when he got up into his, you know, prime peak years, I don't think he wanted anything to do with him. Uh, we all know Harden has to have the ball the entire game. He plays massive minutes. He's hero ball, iso ball at its finest. I don't think he wants to pass ever. I, I've said this on the show here and on the radio. When you have the ball that much and you have that much burn and everything goes through you, it's easy to have 10 dimes. When every single possession is because of you, he's bound to make 10 drops to another teammate to hit a three throughout a game. But in reality, I don't believe that that guy ever wants to pass the ball to anyone. I think he has blinders on, peaky blinders. I think your boy wants to absolutely score every basket. He does not believe in teammates. I don't think he ever liked Westbrook on that team at all. I don't know why he's going to like Wall. 
uh, anymore. And let me say this about him. I think this guy has become such a prima donna, James Harden. He wanted super max money. They gave him that. Then they gave him Westbrook. And now he wants to be traded, even though he still has two years left on his deal. He ran Westbrook out of Houston. Now he's got Wall. What's he going to be unhappy about next? This guy has never done anything except rack up big numbers, win an MVP. He doesn't win when it matters ever. He has no hardware of significance, which is a ring and a Davey O'Brien. Until he gets that, all he is from now on to me is primo, primo, prima donna. I mean, this guy, you can't please him. What's it going to be? Three months before he's crying again about how miserable he is in Houston? This guy is the epitome of making way too much money, and he doesn't deliver the goods. He might have his 40 a night, but he never wins an NBA championship. Bottom line is, he sucks. At the end of the day, he never gets it done, ever. So blame everybody else around you. Keep growing your beard down to the ground and think you're a badass. But in the NBA playoffs, we all make money betting against you because all you do is gag on that D. How's that taste? Russell Westbrook, the other side of the story. He goes to the Wizards. He will team with Bradley Beal. Uh, we'll see how that goes down in Washington for Russell Westbrook, uh, Scotty. They all, listen, they were what, ninth uh, in the East this year? I think that Russ could get them in the playoffs by himself. Anthony Davis uh, finalizing a five-year, $190 million max contract with the Lakers. So him and LeBron will be paired for a while. Let's get to the Warriors, Steph Curry. He is back for real this time. Rushed him back before the season shut down in March. Scott, he didn't look like himself. Now he is ready to go. Let's hear from Steph on what the Warrior offense is going to look like this year. But it's all going to be a, uh, a quick learning curve. Uh, I know Coach has some thoughts. I have some thoughts. Um, you know, we have a pretty talented team. It may look different, but we have a lot of you know youth, athleticism, length, speed. Um, and the ability to do a lot of different things out there. Uh, I have to be able to create. I got to be in positions where I'm able to score, able to play, make, um, you know, draw a lot of attention, open up space on the floor, uh, whether that's pick and roll, uh, every other possession, or whether that's our motion offense that we usually love to play, uh, whatever combination, it's going to be, you know, everything on the table. I love this team, uh, to be honest with you. If they can get Wiseman up to speed and that guy, seven-foot monster, can turn in a double-double every night, that's going to be difficult. But if he could get to that point with everything else that they have, I think the key to this team, they do have youth and talent on that team, believe it or not. The only piece they're missing is obviously Clay, right? But the reality is if Kelly Oubre plays the way he did in Phoenix when he was over 20 a game, Give me that guy at the next level, the next progression of his career, playing with real ballers, right? He played with one baller in Zona, in Devin Booker. That's it. They got one player on that team. I don't want to hear about anything else. All I know is now he's playing with three or four guys that can legitimately ball. And I think Oubre is going to uh, make you uh, miss Clay less. We already know we lost him for a year. Now another year. Get used to it. 
So they need a piece that can give them 20-plus. Oubre is that guy. I think the Warriors are going to do great this year, a lot better than everybody thinks. People have them, like, almost dead to rights, and that they're going nowhere and won't make the playoffs. I don't buy it. So dunk that in your face. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, Pharrell, back on Coast to Coast. Don't forget, Saturday night, this Saturday, the 5th, you got a Fox pay-per-view PBC killer fight, the welterweight championship of the world with Errol, the truth, Spence taking on Danny Swift Garcia. We've seen it all with these two welterweights. It's going to be at Jerry's World down in Arlington, Texas, outside of Dallas. Starts at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Three exciting matchups featuring all Mexican and Mexican-American fighters on the undercard, including Carver High's favorite, Sebastian the Towering Inferno, Fundora, your boy Fundora, and then Mafia's favorite fighter, Joseph Cito, the Riverside Rocky Lopez, also fighting on this card. We know the deal about Spence wrecked his uh, card, doing a buck five in Dallas, broke a bunch of bones in his face. But before that, he had great fights. He beat Mikey Garcia at the same place at Jerry's World uh, in March of 19, September of 19. Fight of the year with Sean Porter. We had Showtime Sean Porter on yesterday's Coast to Coast talking about that fight. And now he's taking on Spence uh, against uh, a guy in Danny Swift Garcia, two-division champ, tough guy, tough chin. He's got all kinds of great counterpunches and a wicked left hook. The guy can do it all. Crazy father, trainer, Angel Garcia. It's going to be a great fight card. Order the fight. Call your cable operator. Saturday night on Fox Pay-Per-View, the PBC at the best welterweight championship of the world. Spence and Garcia. Don't miss this fight. I'm stoked for it. I know uh, you'll enjoy it as well. All right. KW is back on Coast to Coast. Kevin Walsh from the early line and in-game live. KW, good to see you, buddy. I haven't seen you in so long. You're rocking a goatee. You got it all going, brother. <laughs> yeah, we're making it happen, Scotty. How's things going? Good, man. Hey, so let me start. Uh, there's so many things I want to ask you about. Let me start with Harden. Uh, I don't know if you heard me. I just went off on the guy. I, I'm mm. just I'm sick and tired of hearing about how miserable James Harden is. And, you know, he wants to be traded. He was going to the Nets. I, that was a lot of BS. Uh, now he's still stuck down in Houston. He's got two years left on that deal. You know he doesn't want to be there uh, mm -hmm. anywhere else. He wanted to go to Philly, wanted to go to the Nets. He doesn't want to be in Houston. Now he gets John Wall. What do you think of this whole disaster? Yeah, it, it is a mess. And the clear thing here is that Harden doesn't like the amount of movement that there was not in the fact that Ownership changing hands. Daryl Morey gone in Philly. He's connected there. Mike D'Antoni gone in Brooklyn, like you said. The other place that he is heavily linked. And now Westbrook is gone. The thing that blows my mind is Adrian Wojnarowski reports that Harden prefers to try this with John Wall than Russell Westbrook. I mean, there has to be a level of accountability. I understand stars want to win, and if they don't like the situation, then they get out. 
Harden has been pulling the strings in Houston for a long time now, Scott. It was Dwight, then it was Chris Paul, then it was Westbrook, now it's John Wall. I mean, he has had as much control as any star player has had in the league over their current situation. Is there anybody else in this league, maybe outside of LeBron James, maybe as much as LeBron James has had? So I don't know what his complaint is about. I get the situation isn't ideal to win a title this year, but... They're one of four teams that lost to the team that won the title. So if they could find a way to have somebody else beat the Lakers for them, maybe they could be competitive. I think he should be strapping up in Houston this year and trying to make the best of it. Well, I mean, I think he's going to be forced to. But how about this guy? The money that he's being paid. He got everything he's ever wanted. Supermax money. He's got... I mean, he's a a flush ball hog. I mean, the guy never... I, I, I said, you heard me... He'll get 10 dimes just because he has to. I mean, he has the ball 98% of the time in his hands. It's so easy to drop 10 dimes when the ball's in your hands every single play of the game. I don't think the guy ever wants to pass to anyone, and I don't think he wants anyone to have success around him. I truly believe he's a prima donna. The guy, he never wins, ever, and all he does is complain about his situation. Meanwhile, the guy's got more money than God. He's a rock star in Houston, and he's still not happy. I think the guy's just a miserable human being, and I mean it. He he had his opportunity that year. They went up against the Warriors when Durant was hurt, and he didn't rise to the moment. And that has been the M.O. in the playoffs for Harden. And the one excuse, the one cop-out that he had, that even someone like myself gave a little bit of credence to, is he was so overworked during the regular season that by the time the postseason rolled around, it was tough on him. But then we had the break, Scott. I mean, we had the long break, and he came back, best shape of his life. And it was the same exact story in the Lakers series. The production just isn't the same in these high-leverage postseason spots. And that's going to probably end up defining the career for Harden as much as the – 60-point triple-doubles and scoring titles of it all. He's an all-time great. He's a Hall of Famer. There's no doubt about any of that. But as far as is this guy going to ever win a championship, it doesn't look like it. He's a me, 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 I, I, I player. He's not a team player. He doesn't make his team better because it's all about him. Him shooting, him dribbling, him driving, him getting to the line. Uh, It's all about him. Walking into the arena, it's about him. Talking about his beard, it's about him. I mean, it's just so ridiculous to me, and all they do is fail. And it's to me, it's laughable. Who's the better player, in your opinion, Wall or Westbrook? I don't think, you know my opinion. I think he couldn't stand playing with Westbrook. And it's obvious mm-hmm. now you said he played with Paul, played with Westbrook, played with Howard. Everyone he plays with, he's like a cancer. No one ever says it, but that's the reality of it. Well, I mean, right, like that's the, at this point now, you can't, you can't be always the one in the right in a relationship. I mean, at some point, if you keep breaking up with everybody, it's got to be a little bit <laughs> your fault, right? I mean, there's going to be a lev- some accountability here. As far as who's better between Westbrook and Wall, a lot of people will tell you Russ. But the version of Russ that we saw in the bubble was dreadful. I mean, he was horrendous. One of the Lakers' best players in that series because of how much he was hurting the Rockets on the floor. Wall is coming off of surgery, and I know a lot of people are down on John. I'm bullish on Wall's return. 
I believe him when he says that all of this time off, all of the surgeries that he went through is actually going to be beneficial for him. He's dealing with bone spurs in his legs. He was still the fastest player in the league. This guy was an all-star playing winning basketball when we last saw him, I think, between him and Cousins and Harden. I still think the Rockets can be competitive in the West to a point. I think Wall is an absolute freak, and his speed and his—they uh, both attack the rim uh, similarly. Uh, but I think Wall has way more handle, way better from the outside uh, as a shooter. People talk about that Russ can't shoot. Well, he averaged triple doubles for two years because he also has the ball the whole time. I think Wall can produce more, and I've seen him play in training. Uh, since the surgeries, the guy looks fantastic. Tell me what you yeah. think of the Lakers situation now with the kind of youth movement with Schroeder and getting Montrez Harrell and then the, you know, the two deals, LeBron's deal and the Davis mm-hmm. deal. I mean, Scott, let's just be honest here. The Lakers beat up on the entire league this offseason. I mean, everything that they needed to go right went right. It's going to be a weird year where you're going to need bench depth to pull you through a season where guys might be out, whether it be through COVID or rest. They're probably the deepest team in the league, while simultaneously having the best one-two punch in the league. And unlike their next-door neighbor, the Clippers, who have two superstars that could leave at season's end, and that thing, you saw the article from the Athletic Division. I mean, it's only going to get worse for those teams because Kawhi, as much as Harden has his issues, Kawhi is the most difficult superstar in this sport. It's funny how it works when you're not having the Raptors or the Spurs organizations cover for you. The Lakers get long-term commitments from their two stars, giving that front office and that organization a level of comfort and flexibility necessary to make the right moves to keep them competitive, not just this season, but years to come. How do you think Oubre will do in that Warrior system? Can he put up the numbers he put up in Phoenix for the Warriors, take it a step higher, and make us miss Clay less? And I like the other pieces they got on that team as well. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I know people think they're going to be awful. I don't. I don't think they'll be awful. I think that they're going to be able to score the basketball, whether it's Wiggins or Oubre or even Wiseman. I think they can find someone to be a secondary scorer on a night. It's the defensive side of the basketball where last year, because the thing is people kind of forget we had three and a half games of Steph by himself last year with the Warriors. They got 20 bombed by the Clippers, 30 pieced by the Thunder. They did beat the Pelicans. And then Scott, they were losing by 26 at half at home to the Phoenix Suns, and then he broke his hand in the third quarter. They need to be able to defend the basketball. The big question is, does Draymond have the ability to turn the clock back and be what he was back when this team was competing for championships? How do you feel about Rick Pitino? Uh, I've said uh, it just was so fantastic for me to see him on the sideline for Iona in the game, I guess it was Seton Hall they were playing or something mm-hmm. like that the other night. Was that the game I was watching? Yep, uh, yep, yep. And, and look, I just thought he looked fantastic, and it's great to see him coaching. Are you excited about it as a Gale alum? Yeah, I, I am excited about it. I mean, they were up by two at the half. They then lost the game by pretty much 30, but look, it happens. It was their first game. They were missing some players, and Seton Hall's is a good is a good program, right? At the end of the day, those are the type of reps that will help them when they get into conference play. But the one thing that I've been consistent on, and I hope people realize this, 
Rick Pitino is not walking into some schlub, low-level school that he's going to bring to relevancy. Iona has won that conference four years in a row and been to the tournament four years in a row. He could get a year of breathing room. Okay, but he not only needs to make the tournament, he has to win a game in the tournament. That's why he is there. Because Tim Kloos is the best coach in the history of that conference. So he is not replacing just anybody. I'm excited about Patino. I'm excited about the eyes. I think it can be good for the program. But he does have bigger shoes to fill than I think most realize. That's a great point, KW. How do you feel about all these heavyweights you've seen uh, in these tournaments? Uh, Like last night, Baylor, what you've Mm -hmm. thought of Gonzaga. I was really impressed with what Huggins uh, Mountaineers were able to do against Gonzaga. Keep them under a hundo and give them a game. And you saw all these other teams, Kentucky and Kansas and Duke and Michigan State. What do you think of the heavies you've watched this week? You know, I think what you said there is really important. You were impressed with West Virginia. So was I. But God, what does that say about Gonzaga? It's like when everybody gave the Raiders credit because they put up 30 on the Chiefs and it was close. I mean, Gonzaga still scored 87 points. They scored 53 points in the second half. That team has four of their five starters that are going to make the Wooden Awards finalist list. Jalen Suggs, the first ever five-star recruit that Mark Few brings. You watch this kid for... 20 minutes and you're like oh he's going to make multiple all-star teams but that Baylor team that they have a dance with on Saturday that team is tough and I cannot wait for that matchup it's early we're talking about a December game nobody's gonna win the title in December but I cannot wait to watch those two teams dance they comfortably feel like the best two in the country all right, real quick, I got 20 seconds. Are you still doing the basketball show with Smitty? Because I can't get enough of the college and pro rap. I mean, what's the deal? Are you still doing it? We're, we we hit a pause. We did a couple specials with the draft and free agency, but we ha- we'll we'll figure it out. We'll pull it back around, I, I think. But, you know, Smitty, he's, he's tough to get a hold of these days. <laughs> hey, look, I love watching uh, this Gonzaga team uh, take on anyone, Kansas, uh, they're playing anyone like the fact that they're playing West Virginia and then Baylor three days later is crazy. Mm-hmm. KW, good to see you, brother. Keep rocking it on the early line and in game live. You're doing fantastic. I love you. It's good to see you, brother. Happy holidays. Thanks, man. All love. Be good. Kevin Walsh on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I throw back on Coast to Coast. Carver High, Gary Bettman says the league's start date for the NHL is a work in progress. And then... All of a sudden, the story comes out that these four teams, Boston, the Kings, Ducks, and the Penguins, want to play all their games outdoors. So, like, the Bruins at Fenway, the Penguins at, like, PNC, the the Ducks and Kings at Carson. I still don't see how that works. But uh, I think – I don't know what's worse, that idea or Tyson fighting Fury, Wilder, or Joshua. (laughs) Uh, What's the worst idea there? No, nothing's worse than the dopey boxing idea with Tyson fighting anybody other than hugging Jones on Saturday night. But for the hockey, first of all, Bettman, 
Um, I don't know what he's doing here. I guess he's just trying to diffuse the talk that we've now seen a lot more of the last seven to 10 days, which is, um, are you going to have a season, dude? Like, what, what's going on here? Because you keep saying January 1st. It's December 3rd now. The, you know that these teams have to have at least three or four weeks of training camp. So I think that Gary's trying to do a little damage control. He knows he doesn't have a lot of time to do it. He's got about two weeks. I think he's got to figure something out for him to even play February 1st. As far as the outside games go, this is not going to happen, Scotty. I think the teams are, like, throwing options out there because, like we've talked about for the last three months, no league needs fans and concessions and gate more than the NHL. They need it, and these teams are trying to get good ideas to maybe have some fans at these games, but they're not going to be able to pull off playing all their home games outside. I, I just there's too many logistics. It's hard enough to pull these ones off when they play it a one-off on New Year's Day or these or these classic games that they do to play all your home games outdoors. I don't see how they'd be able to do it. So how uh, how do they uh, get organized quick enough to have a, a training camp and and like two or three preseason games and then get going in January? I know you don't believe that'll happen. I think that Gary is just trying to put a smoke screen up that he's asking these players to defer more money. Uh, that's exactly what him and the league are asking to do, and I don't think that they're going to budge on it. Uh, we've said it. I think we're in for a long one. I hope that they play, but I think we're going to be waiting. They said, uh, Batman has reiterated that they are not renegotiating the CBA because they already did that deal. So I don't know what they're doing, but they're running out of time. And it's a problem because if I don't have my hockey, I'm going to lose my temper. <laughs> Me and you both. I need it I'm too. I'm going to start <laughs> getting very angry. <laughs> Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.